0: Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at TNTradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation with Brian McLean and Lynn Shaw on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hey, welcome to State of
1: the Nation right here on today's News Talk, TNTradio.live. This is Brian McLean. I'll be joined by Lynn Shaw momentarily here. And we got a great show lined up for you today. TNTradio.live, again, is where you find us on the Internet. You can find all the shows, information and links on the presenters, our schedule, the episodes archive, Uh, The how to listen link is very helpful also if you're uh, out there and you're on that mobile device you may already know this right and we have an interactive live chat room up there hello to everybody in the interactive live chat room great to see you folks out there and if you're listening, you can join the chat room over there at the website. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Havore Morik and Ruckus for uh, inviting me into uh, Havore's show. Last night had a great discussion over there and always enjoy hanging out with my buddies, my colleagues over there on Havore's show. So many great shows here at TNT. I was just listening to the Joe Hoff show as I was getting prepped for State of the Nation today. Always, always appreciate the Joe Hoff Show. He had a couple of uh, our favorite guests on there. uh, Joe DeGeneva and his lovely wife were uh, joining Joe Hoff Show today. So, uh, yeah, highly recommend that one as well. And, of course uh Misty Winston comes up after State of the Nation stay tuned for the Misty Winston show always after State of the Nation but let's uh let's jump into some stuff here we got uh you know what all right let's let's talk a little post-covidian reality here if uh if I could use that term I'm not sure that I can cuz I don't believe that they will not come back at us with these same tactics again. But anyways, uh, Jim Hoft over there at the Gateway Pundit has just put up today. uh, This article says, three years after the damage is done, big tech rolls back, quote, unquote, misinformation measures on the 2020 election and COVID vaccines. All right, so it's June of 2023. We'll riff off this article here. Uh, Big Tech announced this week that they are rolling back misinformation measures with regards to the 2020 election, OMG, and the COVID policies. Now, this comes three years after the COVID pandemic and nearly three years after the massively controversial 2020 presidential election, uh, not to mention the 2022 midterm election, but we'll set that aside for now. Uh, Now, all of a sudden, you can discuss these subjects on social media. Can you believe this? Now, it's okay. It's okay. Do you see the problem here? (laughs) Just the fact that now you can discuss it. Okay, Uh, after it's way too late. So, uh, if you lost your account years ago when you questioned the regime, tough luck. Now, uh, as Jim points out in the article here, myself others like me maybe you out there you may have lost your account you may have lost your freaking job uh if you live in canada you may have lost money you may have had your bank account frozen out you never know uh the actual covid mortality rate the real dangers to children right uh more will more will drown than die from covid jim pointed out uh the effectiveness of masks on healthy people The stupidity of the random six-foot distance rule. The dangers of the mRNA Pentagon juice gene therapy jab. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That really sends me back. That one takes me back to 2021. I remember 2021. Gosh, it was awful. No one liked me anymore. No one liked me anymore except for the people that listened to my presentations. Everybody else, even if they might have had an inkling of agreeing with me on that, they would not dare say it. But myself and many of my colleagues here at TNT, we were out there saying it. Hey, this isn't even a vaccine, guys. Hey, this is experimental gene therapy, guys. Hey, we have no long-term results on this stuff, guys. And then we'd say, hey, we also know about the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine And the effectiveness of ivermectin when it comes to, you know, people getting colds, sniffles, flus, etc. All renamed as COVID. IMO. Because of the PCR scam. At any rate, uh, these things are all okay now. I guess we can talk about it now. Uh, I guess we'll just sweep under the rug, right? The The mass media cartel does not want us to feel as though our lives were ruined over it. But many people's were and, uh, you know, this kind of censorship and stuff really doesn't mean a whole lot when you look at the number of people that have lost their lives that now have myocarditis that are maimed or dead. Right. And people like myself and my colleagues and like you out there listening could have warned them. If we hadn't been censored on social media and in the mainstream media, Lynn Shaw, my co-host, is joining me now. Lynn, welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: I am doing well. We have massive uh skies here in New York City that look like fires are erupting. They claim that these are from the wildfires coming down from Nova Scotia and Canada because they're having all kinds of 8 million acres have been burning since the beginning of June in Canada. So it is hazy. They're telling people, stay in your homes, don't go out, don't breathe the air, keep your pets and children in. I don't even know what to say about that. Just goes all into that big that big bowl of like vaccines and doesn't it just seem like it all goes into that big I don't know what. Uh, At any rate, I've never my whole life in New York City seen anything like this. What I'm seeing today, what I woke up to, what what the sky looks like.
1: Amazing, amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: just the never ending churning bog of eternal stench of current events. Here we go. And uh, we've got one of our favorite colleagues joining us to help break this stuff down. Uh, Timothy Shea, a political pundit, a grassroots activist buried deep behind enemy lines. In his native upstate New York, Timothy has been active in GOP and conservative politics for over 50 years. I could go on, but I don't need to because I know you're a fan of his show. I know that you listen to Timothy Shea right here on today's news talk because everyone listens to The Reckoning, right? So, Timothy, welcome to State of the Nation. It's great to see you and hear you today, my friend.
3: Great to hear you, Hash. Lynn, how are you doing? Lynn, I'm not a hater. I love New York. In fact, before Warren Wilhelm and now Eric Adams uh, have set their hearts on destroying my beloved city, I wanted to retire there. But let me just give you a little perspective. As bad as you're seeing it, your air quality and Boston's air quality index is 135. Mine right now is 186. I've never seen anything like this. It's almost... Wow. You're
2: upstate, right, Timothy? Where are you upstate,
3: right? I'm upstate southeast of Syracuse. I am actually at elevation. And it's funny because I'm not even in the mountains. It's not like I'm up in the Adirondacks, but I'm higher than one third of Switzerland here, just outside Syracuse. And we're getting the brunt of this. I woke up this morning initially before the sun came up. I thought it was just another foggy morning because when we get fog here, it's not like lowland fog that's from a marsh or something. It's actually, we're, we're so high, we're up in the clouds. So I thought it was just a cloudy day. And then the sun came up, and it's this weird greenish-yellow light. Yes. Almost like you get before Strange. a tornado. It's this yes. sickly-looking light. And I was like, what's going on? And I and then I, I found out about the wildfires blowing down here. Because usually, you know, we don't get the wind out of Canada like this. But, uh, yeah, my friend in Columbus and well, all I, that is so I, yeah. bad here. And it's like, oh, Columbus, I, are th- you kidding me?
2: I, You know, Timothy, I find it very strange. I'm a lifelong New Yorker, and and thank you. We, I'm still rallying for my great city that it will come back at some point. I'm not giving up on the great New York City. There's no place like it. We'll leave all the other nonsense to the side. But, you know, uh, Timothy, I've never seen – I live right on the Hudson River, right next to it. I've never seen anything like this, the visual of what this looks like, you know, hanging over the river. I find it very disturbing – what, what do you think about all this? Well, here's the interesting thing, Len. Yeah. Do you know what would actually
3: help? Do you know what would be recommended today? Wearing surgical. No, I'm not masks. putting
2: it on. No, but, I'm not. Let, I knew you were going to say follow that. Me, and follow I'm not follow me through. It on. <laughs> here. Wait,
3: I know, but follow, follow me through here. Follow me through. Masks actually would be effective against these fine smoke particles, sp- particles, the particulate matter. It would help you filter that gunk out. And yet nobody's wearing them. They won't wear them when they're necessary or, or beneficial. But for a virus that's literally the size difference would be like trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. They are completely ineffective and have tremendous health consequences, negative health consequences, chronically wearing masks when you don't need them. And yet when they could be beneficial, people don't seem to think about wearing them.
2: Nor did I hear anybody at all. Very interesting, Timothy. Um, You know, I didn't hear anybody even recommending put your mask on when you go out in the smoke. I didn't hear one yeah, person where say are all our, Very interesting. Where are all our very interesting. health <laughs> experts? Where, where,
3: where's the New York State Public <laughs> Health Office on this? Right. They care so
1: much.
2: Well, they much. said stay I in mean- the house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. They said stay yeah. in the house. Don't go out. Keep the kids in. Keep your pets in. Do not go out. Elderly, stay in the house. Just stay in the house. That, that's the only thing. Yeah. Heard, well, stay in the house.
3: that's, that's <laughs> probably just because they want to weld our apartment door shut like they do in China.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're too busy working on their plans to do that for the climate lockdown than they are to uh, you know tell you to get out there and protect yourself from all the smoke you could inhale. I'm, I've got some listeners saying there's a maybe a forest fire in northern Michigan too. Have you guys heard anything about that? I'm I was looking for a link on that. I no. can't find it yet though. Yeah, uh, DeWolf, maybe up. drop me a link.
3: <laughs> maybe up What's by Traverse on? City. Well. You got a question with so many wildfires in Canada, because we typically don't have wildfires in eastern Canada and certainly not in Nova Scotia. I mean, they do occur with lightning strikes, but it's not common. You got to wonder whether these fires were set like a lot of the California fires were a few years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we saw it in uh, we saw it in Oregon and we saw it in Washington. You know, there's there definitely seems to be a. Uh, Yeah, that that begs some questions right there, because we've we've even seen Antifa people. I think we have to call them Trantifa now. I believe they're all wearing rainbows this month. But we've we've even seen video footage of, uh, you know, arson done by Antifa uh, types, especially on the West Coast. So I don't know. But this is this would certainly be kind of a a new location and a novel activity, uh, at least geographically, if that's really uh, if that were something to consider.
3: And, you know, I'm a biologist by training, and so my scientific mind wants to know, what are the forest management policies in Canada? Are they like ours here? Because there was a congressional hearing two days ago that was phenomenal, and the director of the National Forest Service got called out for the poor forest management exhibited by the government. The government acts like if it's green, it's good, and they don't maintain our forests. They don't set brush fires to clear out the undergrowth. They don't have healthy forest management techniques. And one of the congressmen that was grilling the forest service director was saying how it's amazing that the forest fires knew exactly where the boundary was between privately owned forest land and publicly owned forest land. Because after the wildfire went through five years later, you can look and see on the private side, you've got a thriving, healthy replanted forest. And on the federal side, it's a dead, decaying forest. There's been no proper forest management. And, you know, the, the again, private industry does things a lot better than government. So it'll be interesting to see if Canada has the same, if it's green, it's good, no forest management policy and letting yeah. the undergrowth build up.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, we've seen how this has worked out in California. California's been doing this for a long, long time now. And all of a sudden, insurance providers are pulling out. We're up to like three insurance providers that are completely pulling out, you know. And, of course, they're going to say, oh, climate change, la, la, la. But we all know it's about the, the, the forestry and the upkeep and the lack of controlled burns and and letting, you know, the, these eco-terrorists take over, uh the State, I guess that was, um, and also one more note. Thanks to Wolf listener out there. Uh, frightening wildfire over the weekend southeast of Grayling was ninety percent uh, Monday with fire crews hoping to have full containment by end of day. Uh, so Michigan, yeah, northern Michigan, that was the Grayling wildfire, but it looks like that was mostly contained as of yesterday. If I'm
3: reading this correctly, was that in the UP or up by Traverse City?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I do not. uh, not, I've actually never been to Michigan, (laughs) so I can't tell you.
2: Well, I have a question. You ready, Timothy?
3: I am, Lynn. What do you have?
2: Well, it seems from all sources that an indictment of President Trump as to obstruction of justice is nearing. Uh, In the event that occurs, what do you think the effect will be on his campaign?
3: another 5% boost in his poll numbers. <laughs> now I'm serious. Yeah, no, I the believe more, you. The, the, the more they hate him, people don't understand. It's not that we love Donald Trump. We love how much they hate him. They're telling us who they are by how they're acting. They respect no law, no ethical principle, certainly no moral principle. The end justifies the means with them. They will do anything to keep him from running. And it's because... You know, what do you would never want to exhibit when you're dealing with an animal, whether it's a snarling dog or a wolf or a grizzly bear? You never want to exhibit fear. Right. They are so deathly afraid of him. The fear is palpable. We can smell it. And it just makes us love him all the more. And they want Ron DeSantis, who, let's face it, Yale College, secret society at Yale College, not Skull and Bones, but another one of the secret societies, Harvard Law School. He is an establishment guy. He's another Jeb Bush. Jeb was a great governor for Florida, too, until he ran for president, and then his real colors showed through. Well, same thing with Ron. I don't think, Lynn, that his indictment is going to succeed first of all they're never going to criminally charge him because he hasn't committed a crime i mean criminally uh, convict him because he hasn't committed a crime and it will just end up bumping his poll numbers
1: yeah yeah i think so that sounds i think about so
2: right yeah i mean <laughs>
1: every right. time every time they attack the popularity just goes up and uh you know uh Sorry, Ron and Tim Scott and everyone. I mean, Tim Scott's performance on The View was uh, very intriguing and interesting. That's a whole other thing we could unpack. But we are running out of time here, Tim. Uh, let's see here. Any, leave us with some final thoughts here. Uh, what do you think is going to happen uh, with regards to the uh, the FBI case here and, and the contempt? Leave us, leave us with a quick thought on that.
3: Uh, I don't care about it. If it's contempt of Congress, I don't care. If it's contempt of Congress that is going to lead to impeachment proceedings, great. But even impeachment proceedings aren't going to remove Ray from office. What we need to be doing is, and, and I, I think this is uh, Oversight House Oversight Chairman Comer's intention, we want to get as much of this information about the FBI corruption on record as possible, get it into the congressional record so the Democrats can never say that it didn't happen. And it's it's a telling indictment. I think that the between the Hunter Biden laptop and the covering up of Joe Biden's corruption, the FBI has basically written the roadmap for how to get it disbanded or at least overhauled literally from top to bottom. And I I think that it needs to be done. When you have people like Alan Dershowitz and, and people on the left calling for reform and calling for FBI to be disbanded, the Bureau has serious structural problems and everybody now knows it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you know
1: what? That's that's really well said. I like that take because I I agree with you. I think that's maybe all we're going to get, but that's actually a pretty big get when it's in the records. At least we get that. All right, Timothy, thank you so much. Uh we appreciate you. We we'll look forward to your next appearance here on State of the Nation. Likewise, guys. Cheers all right there he goes Thank you. for a complete list of shows and our schedule offered on tnt radio simply visit our website at tntradio.live. you know how we do we serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction and truth from propaganda right here on tnt radio
0: you should hear what Steve Hook is talking about. Trump has been the big evil. He has
4: been Hitler. And now the media is literally saying that DeSantis is worse than Hitler. So if there was ever, and there was for the, you know, in the 90s, maybe even in the early to mid 2000s, uh, you could have the debate, is the media just absolutely partisan? And people on both sides could debate that subject and they and they felt really good about their answers. Well, there's no debate anymore. The, the media is absolutely compl- Completely in the tank uh, for socialism come Marxism come Stalinism come Maoism whatever they're all about the isms now and they're not too fan friendly to anybody in the GOP you'll recall that they called Bush the Elder Hitler uh, they called Bush the Younger Hitler they called John McCain Hitler they called Mitt Romney hitler and of course trump is now he's really really hitler and now ron desantis is he's really even worse than hitler which is just absolutely asinine but by god these idiots in the media will absolutely stand up for it
0: steve hook on today's news talk tnt radio
5: have you ever felt like time was moving too fast do you need a break from the hustle and bustle of your daily routine then come and experience Sam Sam Yao Noi where time slows down and magic comes to life on the stunning Yao Noi island in southern Thailand. Our private villas and public spaces are quiet, spacious and very inspirational. Inside and outside magic spaces, you'll find exceptional facilities and a full contemporary art collection to inspire your senses. Our dedicated Sam Sam family is here to provide bespoke services to make your stay unforgettable. Let nature and our SamSam Sam family team take over, and you'll get the utmost recalibration of your mental balance. Discover the enchantment that awaits you at Sam Sam Yanoi. Book your stay today at Sam Sam Yanoi and experience our magic places, magic spaces for yourself.
2: Book your stay in Thailand now and visit samsam-spaces.com.
5: TNT
0: Radio wants to hear from you. Call Brian and Lynn now. From the U.S. and Canada, call 1-888-201-6425. From the U.K., call 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, call 1-800-670-310. Free speech is alive and well on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
2: We've got Har- Karen Hunt joining us right now, writer, artist. She was with us last week. I wanted her back because there were so many great uh, articles that she wrote and we didn't have time to cover them. Uh, she is talking a lot about protecting our children, common sense, big picture. These are her words, trust in God, be fearless, no surrender. I think the best place to follow Karen Hunt is KH. Mezek, M E Z E K dot dot com. Welcome back, Karen Hunt, to State of the Nation. Nice to see you guys. Now, um, I you know what I want to start with? I want to start with an article I wanted to ask you about last time who owns everything? Uh, you said next to the air we breathe, there is nothing more vital to our survival than water. For the richest among us owning water is the ultimate status symbol. So I say, Karen, hydro-imperialism will be the casus belli and currency of war. Yet I've heard no one, well, beside you, uh, so much as to mention any of this. Why do you suppose this is?
6: I think that, well, I mean, nobody wants us really uh, thinking about the actual things that matter, you know. I mean, that's why I followed up with these two other pieces about um the boycotts and all of that. I mean, people think that they're somehow winning some kind of battle with these other, you know, these boycotts of companies and whatnot, when actually these come, there are, you know, I, I mean, somebody made a, a really good comment on, uh, I, I don't remember which one of my articles it was, but they said that, well, you have to remember, you know, there's like three, basically three companies that own everything anyway. So, you know, we keep thinking that we're winning something, but all they're doing is shifting their money around. And I always remember this back from when I started a nonprofit in the 1990s, when I saw um, these wealthy people at work in the charity world they will give the impression that they are doing things for the environment they care about you and all of this when all they're doing is make, making deals amongst themselves there there are no borders with the uber wealthy the, the borders are for us to fight our you know to keep us busy fighting amongst ourselves meanwhile they're above that and they're making their deals so while we're fighting these battles they're buying they're buying everything you know and and I talk about um um, uh, um, you know, Goldman Sachs. And I talk about the company Ve- Veolia, which is the biggest uh, water company in the world. It's 180,000 employees all around the world. And, um, and then, and they are in competition with Goldman Sachs. And so they're both, you know, trying to vying for this position of power with water. And, um, and they are controlling the water. If you don't have, if, you can't live without water for, uh, you know, it's only like three days and then you're dead. So we need water. And I'm saying, you know, I mean, the next thing's going to be, you know, they're going to make us pay for air. So imagine, I mean, if when I was a kid, if anyone had told me or my parents that one day you're going to be paying premium dollars for Fiji water in a plastic container that's bad for you, you know, you would have laughed at that. You know, we drank out of the hose in the garden as a kid you know so it's quite incredible how they have manipulated people into um you know into this position where we are so totally dependent upon these elites for everything now including water
2: i mean Uh, Karen, I could talk about water all day and night long. I'm obsessed with this whole water thing, but I want to, I'm glad you brought it up. You wrote an excellent piece called Bursting the Conservative Bubble, which you touched upon. And my question is, you mentioned in this article, and I agree that we're in the throes of what amounts to, uh, let's see, a collective and organizational menticide, a collective brainwashing on the part of our Mm -hmm. society, especially as it affects all our children, the kids. So- why is it so hard for folks to recognize this? You recognize it, Brian recognize it, I recognize it. What's wrong with everybody? Why can't they recognize it? (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think that this is a really, really uh,
6: critical question to ask. And, And I mean, a lot of times the things that I write, you know, they're not that, you know, truth is not popular? Was truth ever popular? I mean, if you look at the the, the people who, who have stood up down through history and who spoke truth, you know, from Jesus to Gandhi to, you know, Martin Luther King, what happened to these people? <laughs> what happened to them? They were killed. <laughs> you know, they were they were murdered right. viciously. Because people do not want to accept uh truth. And that, that's a whole much deeper topic. But um it, it makes people angry. And in fact, the follow-up piece that I wrote to that, you know, where 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 I you know I really delved a little bit deeper into this whole issue of these boycotts, um, people want, you know, and, and I don't and you can't blame people. They want to believe that they are doing something you know, that they are making a difference. But what they're actually, what what people are doing is actually following the model that these elites have put in place. And if, you know, we, and as I say in my my, um, essay or article, whatever you want to call it, if we follow that model, we will never win. If we think that Success, of success in tr- in their terms we can never compete with them in terms of you know how much money we have or how much you know boycott all those things we are keeping us busy away from really the under the battle beneath that which is a spiritual battle and that spiritual battle
1: hold hold that thought right there with the spiritual yeah. battle karen we're going to take a quick headline and we'll pick up right there on the other side of a headline with today's news talk TNT radio
0: and here's the news TNT Radio
7: News. This is James O'Neill with a check of today's headlines. The Washington Post is reporting that three months before saboteurs bombed the Nord Stream natural gas pipeline, the Biden administration learned from a close ally that the Ukrainian military had planned a covert attack on the undersea network, using a small team of divers who reported directly to the commander-in-chief of the Ukrainian armed forces. Moscow and Kiev are trading blame over the partial destruction of a hydroelectric dam on the Dnipro River, causing widespread flooding in the Kherson region and prompting fears of a humanitarian catastrophe.
0: We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth, from government overreach, to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship, to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Elect or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio.
1: We're with our good friend and colleague, Karen Hunt here. Karen, you are about to get into the spiritual battle aspect of this. You know, we started talking about water and how it's been corporatized and how it's like basically captured by these companies now and by politicians. And on top of that, to make things even worse, I feel like they've sort of forced us into this paradigm if we care about our health at all because they're pouring fluoride in there, they're pouring uh, chemicals in the water, there's uh, pharmaceutical runoff. Uh, never mind the trains derailing and being set fire and, and all that stuff to burn off chemicals. But it, it's almost like we've been forced into this paradigm. So so that I, I'm, I'm sensing kind of where you're headed with this. And it does feel like a bit of a, a spiritual as well as a physical and political attack. Uh, but please carry on with what you were saying.
6: Yeah, so, uh, so if you look at it in terms of a spiritual, a spiritual warfare, we don't win on their terms. We can never win on on their terms. We can never, you know, buy more water than they buy or, you know, or, you know, um protest enough against what's going on, because that is the physical, you know, that that's a physical realm. And, you know, if I'm a Christian, so the physical realm is controlled. You know, I, I cannot go anywhere except in this direction. Uh, nothing else makes sense to me as far as, you know, winning. That's why even though I write about very dark topics, I'm a very sort of joyful, optimistic person, because it's not about that. It, you know, it, it, it's not about, I remember my father, who was a very wonderful Christian author he said you know you don't need to be the first one in the in the race you could be the person who who um who crawls across that finish line the, at the at the end and you are more of a winner than that person who because of the challenges that you face and you overcame you know as, as opposed to the person who wins easily you know And so, um, and so this is the way that we need to look at it in terms of if you looked at Jesus' death, everyone would say that was a disaster. Everyone, you know, all of his followers didn't understand, you know, what, what had happened. And so that's also why I write about, I say I write about the bigger picture from a personal lens because there is a bigger picture that we lose sight of because it's very easy for us to get caught up in these, um, little battles that keep us busy and we forget you know we can walk away we that make that that is what makes them so angry I remember a a verse from the Bible that says you know when somebody gets angry at you if you just come back at them with love it's like heaping coals of hot fire on their head <laughs> you know it's the worst thing that you can do and i and also i trained for years as a martial artist and i learned in that you never start a fight yeah you're going to finish it if you have to but you never start that fight you have control you know what your your ultimate goal is so i don't know, I'm getting kind of off into all this other these other tangents but i get a little frustrated because um people really don't. I, I think this is a harder path. This is the hard path, and people want the easy path. They will all because they want to see an immediate. We have been conditioned to want to see immediate success. You know, success, but that is not our, what will ever bring us the ultimate prize.
2: You know, Karen, first of all, I want you to teach me kickboxing. That's number one. Um, and that's number one. But number two, when you say you write about all this dark uh, subject matter and all, first of all, you are to be commended for writing about these subjects that no one, you know, b- barely these subjects are touched. You are providing truth. You're providing critical analysis. You're providing things we can really think about and expand upon so uh, I don't think you're writing about dark things. I think you're covering what needs to be covered and especially empowering parents and caregivers that aren't hearing this anywhere else. So again, I applaud you. you. Um, But Thank I want to ask you, yes, certainly. The millennials or whatever they're called this week, because I really can't keep up with it. They're, they really are concerned about climate change change and trans all of the trans rights matter what we think and transphobia uh yet the this is where i'm concerned yet the majority of conservative the constituents and those in power um they're mocking these movement movements and efforts they're calling them silly and but we need to bring our young people on board because they really are concerned with all of this how would you suggest we do this
6: Mm, Yeah, this is really uh, an important issue. I think that many parents are living in la-la land or they're very disconnected. Um, I'm, I'm writing about that now, actually, um, you know, how they really think that they are on board. But there is such a vast void between people over 40 and people younger than that, um, that we really can't even contemplate a lot of times what our children are facing or or the world that they actu- actually live in. And I think that I don't know that we, you know, we're not going to win this battle. This path is somehow whatever the bigger picture is, whatever you know God's plan is, or how it's ever going to turn out, this is marching on to sort to, to a conclusion and we must uh, absolutely yes boycott anything you want I you know go ahead and do it stand up for what's right you have to set that example for your children set the example for your children and that example is going to be harder and harder as we go forward because this whole thing I wrote a lot about misinformation as opposed to disinformation they are setting the stage for anyone who who, um, promotes or tells disinformation for that to be a crime, punishable. I am sure that this is what will happen, punishable by prison. Um, you know, and, and we have to be prepared to stand up. I, I wrote a lot about you know, I met um, Pastor um, Richard Wormbront personally. He came to my home. He was a pastor. He's a very famous people. Young people don't know these old stories, but they need to be told the stories of our past, of these great um, men and women of faith who stood up for, because we're going to need to do that again and set that example for our children. So he was somebody who was imprisoned in Romania during um, communist era, also for by the Nazis, because he was a Jew and he was a Christian. And um, and he came to the West, and he said that when he was in prison, when he was in prison, he was the most joyful the closest to god that he had ever been and 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 as as this prison is more created for us to live in that they are creating for us we will find ourselves you know th- those of us who really stay strong becoming freer speaking out more and facing and for that facing more consequences and i believe that this will set the example for children because right now we're not you know we're not facing those hard choices that that we will face and those will be the things that will make the impression on the younger generation that will make them remember and think and and be proud and have respect for those people who are who are who are um, following through in their actions with, uh, be, you know behind their words with actual actions and and that's where that you know we will see a shift at some point towards that but it will be a very hard path. And out of that, I believe comes victory.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Karen. Um, And, and I think probably, you know, much like the last time we spoke, this conversation will probably lead into the Luddite kids and, and how that can play (laughs) into where we're leaving off right now. Uh, We're not going to have time to cover that today, but We want to keep this conversation going because I feel like they're stringing together in a really important way here. And, um, you know, what you were just saying right there about how this is going to affect young people. I think the Luddite Kids article is going to be a great one to discuss next time we have you on. We'll be in touch. We'll do it again. Uh, Tell everybody where to follow you. Are you still? uh, Is is Elon still allowing you to be on Twitter? Are you still? uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm very,
6: very much. um, You know, I don't have a blue check. I'm very much. um, You know, put into the background, but I'm there. I'm there at Karen Elaine Hunt. You can find me, Karen Elaine Hunt. If you Google me or whatever, search me, you'll find me at Break Free Karen Hunt. I'm at Break Free Karen Hunt on Substack or K-H-M-E-Z-E-K dot Substack dot Look me up. You'll find me.
1: That's right. OK, Karen, thank you so much. We'll look forward to your next appearance here on State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio.
0: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg.
7: When I see a rainbow appear after a storm, I can barely take my eyes off of it. Not only for the aesthetics involved, but I'm always struck by the fact that there must be some hidden meaning, that it's a sign of hope and good things to come. Maybe it goes back to the Wizard of Oz for me, who knows. But these days, of course, the rainbow belongs to the gay community. The colors belong to them. After all, it's on their flag. And it seems that the word itself belongs to them. Listen to this gay and lesbian advocate speaking to Fox about Target's recent actions where they They moved displays of gay-friendly apparel from the front of the store to the rear.
2: Really what Target ultimately did was show that they were, and this just for the money. So Rainbow Capitalism is essentially, you know, selling pride products for profit and not necessarily standing behind the community with support.
7: Rainbow capitalism. So apparently it's not good enough if a store sells gay-friendly products to make a profit. They must now bow down to those products and be thankful for the very honor of having them in their facility. They must stand in awe of bathing suits with flaps to hide your penis. The way I stand in awe of a rainbow in the sky. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg for TNT Radio.
0: Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative. This is Viewpoint.
8: Today, I have given formal notice to Russia in accordance with the treaty that the United States of America is withdrawing from this almost 30-year-old treaty. That was President George W. Bush's announcement in December 2001 that the United States would withdraw from the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty, which commenced in 1972. TNT Radio reviews this news again. More than two decades later as a poignant reminder as to why the situation in Ukraine is so dire today. The mainstream media has failed to explain why the U.S. withdrawal from the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty has led to increased tensions between the world's nuclear superpowers and the current crisis in Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin has repeatedly condemned the United States for withdrawing from the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty.
9: Today, I have given formal notice to Russia in accordance with the treaty, that the United States of America is withdrawing from this almost 30-year-old treaty.
8: Russia's concern of U.S. nuclear weapons encroaching on its borders is legitimate. How would the United States react were the tables turned and Russia had a military alliance with Mexico? You're with Brian McLean, Lynn Shaw and State of the Nation
0: on today's News Talk Radio TNT there's been
1: some, uh, quote unquote migrants or, uh, illegal aliens that have been flown to California on private charter jets. And, uh, Gavin, the nuisance Newsom is big, mad, he real mad, big mad guy right now is, uh, not happy about this. Can you imagine at I any can, rate? I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, l- l- now listen to me. I, you know what? I don't want to hear, you know what, Brian, I think I'm getting very worked up today. I want to hear solutions. I want to hear, like, take actions. It is, as Karen Hunt just pointed out, and everybody's got to read her her great articles, her great writings, because they she really underlines yeah. what we should be looking at and what we should be, you know, educating others and ourselves about. This is all a distraction. We're talking about the 12 people going to Sacramento that, that you know, or we're talking about the 18 that went to upstate New York. Well, in the meantime, look what's going on behind the scenes. What do I always say? Dig deeper. This is a critical and crucial time for America. We we are in we are in a culture shift right now. It's just what it is. I accept it. You know, people are fighting this. It's a new America. So, Brian, like we we got to get away from the twelve illegal aliens. They're here. Like, how how are we going to come together? You know, as coalitions in America, how are we going to fight to maintain? You know, our, our patriotism, our our churches. We have a guest coming on a, a little bit later on. Uh, how are we going to do all of this?
1: Um, well, p- well, part of it well, comes that's with what a- we need
2: to focus on. That's what we need to focus on.
1: Well, part of it comes with lampooning these idiots like like the nuisance for their PR junkets. We We know that these are simply PR junkets. Their tweets are PR. It's all garbage when you look and see people literally rotting in the streets. Um you know, but yeah, it's it's really amazing, Lynn. Solutions are 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 hard to come by, but I think our next guest is gonna help us in this regard. Uh he's a U.S. Air Force veteran, a former Harris County, Texas treasurer from oh seven to eighteen, uh the founder of the Texas Latino Conservatives, and a Republican strategist. You can find our next guest at TLC for Texas on Twitter uh orlando sanchez welcome to state of the nation how are you i am well uh thank you for having me oh yes yes we're very pleased that you've uh you're able to join us here i'm here with lynn shaw and uh we we're we are not going to give up on this border crisis topic it's like the mass media cartel has uh made their money on the end of uh you know uh, 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 the trump era title 18 and and now that's just gone quiet but what we're seeing is just uh optics management While the while the flood of people still continues to come in but uh we're it's just like uh i don't know it's it's pretty amazing and now we've got ronda santis uh signing senate bill 1718 to combat the dangerous effects of illegal immigration caused by the federal government's border policies what what do you what do you make of all this
9: well, um, you know, at the end of the day, we have an insatiable appetite for cheap labor. That's what's driving this. Yeah, uh, and as long as we are going to continue to provide, uh, you know, work for the undocumented alien, the flood of humanity is going to continue at the border. Uh, you know, the Biden administration has become a co-conspirator in the in, in, in the importation of cheap labor, and of course, those that don't want to come here to do. Uh, uh, you know, honest work will circumvent uh, border checkpoints and, of course, will pay the cartels uh, to smuggle them into the country. So it's a sad situation. It makes America look feckless. It makes us look weak on our border. And sadly, I think, as you folks have been talking about, the burden of providing social services, health care, education for the undocumented population. In states like Texas, falls on the property taxpayer, and that's just sad. Yeah,
2: you, you know, uh, Orlando, I want to, I want to ask you. I think, I think we can all agree. I always say, at least, that uh, our government right now, complicit in the biggest human trafficking operation going on. And you covered it a little bit, but what do you say to those who say that illegal immigrant workers are the backbone? Of the agriculture and and produce harvesting industries, as bad as that sounds, what do you say about this?
9: Well, I say the same thing that uh Mr. Chavez said out in California back in the seventies uh, you know this is uh diminishing the labor uh, uh interest of American labor quite frankly uh the you know the farm workers uh Uh, We're fighting against illegal immigration uh, back when Cesar Chavez was leading that. So I would say the same thing. It's not fair to the American people. It's not fair to the taxpayer. And I'll tell you what these interests, it's not just agriculture in this country. It's meatpacking. It's construction. It's the service industry. You go to Las Vegas, you know, one of the largest concentration of hotels in this country. Uh, Everybody doing the work and cleaning the rooms are probably undocumented aliens, but you know, it, it's a fact of life. So uh, it, it's not fair uh, to allow undocumented uh, aliens to take on jobs. You know, people say, oh, you know, Americans won't take this job. Well, you know, if if there were wages that were decent, if there were taxes that were paid, if, if there were benefits, people would take those jobs. But as you will, as we all know very well, the illegal alien will work uh, basically for cash. And uh, that's not fair to anyone.
1: Orlando, I'm I'm curious. Uh, what do you think of Governor Abbott? Is Governor Abbott doing everything he can do? Is he doing a good job? Is uh, what do you think of his and uh, just you know Desantis's programs of you know sending busloads of people here and there? Is that a a true political? Uh, backlash, or is it more of a public relations maneuver? Because we've heard a variety of uh, impressions from a number of people. I'm curious what your impression is of Abbott and uh, Operation Lone Star.
9: Well, uh, first of all, let me say, I don't know how much time we have, but uh, I, I have a little history. Back in 1995, I was elected as a city councilman in the city of Houston, and that's when these liberal cities starting initiating policies that were called sanctuary cities, uh, when this wave of uh, of uh, smuggling and, and crossing the border started to increase, because this is how long it's been going on, cities became sanctuary cities. Uh, to answer your question, uh, Governor Abbott is doing what he can. He's spending billions of taxpayer Texas taxpayer dollars that could go to roads and public education improvement and better health care and infrastructure But no, he's having to spend it on the border to help try to finish a wall that Donald Trump started. And on top of that, uh, he's he's called in the National Guard. And beyond that, our state troopers. Now, the problem is that we're sending our state troopers down along the Rio Grande River. But what happens to Texas highways aren't being patrolled by the DPS, the Department of Public Safety. So, again, it is a huge waste of local taxpayers. And I'll tell you the people benefiting are those hiring the undocumented aliens, and then we're having to carry the local taxpayer the burdens of providing social services, health care, and education for the undocumented
1: yeah that that is a huge burden um so so i i find it uh discouraging when because I was just down there, I went to the Rio Grande area with a couple of colleagues, and it was discouraging to see that you know everyone that comes across has committed a crime right they they're committing a misdemeanor at the very least if they don't have a a, a felony record or or whatever if they do then then they're, they're committing a felony um but they're every single one of yes. them are more than happy to turn themselves in they want to turn themselves in because it, then it becomes a matter of processing so um it just seems like none of the uh uh, in particular, the the Army National Guard, the Border Patrol, it kind of seems like the processing, it's all administrative and there's really no uh, turning anybody back. You know, it's all uh, a, a matter of processing and giving court dates that could be, you know, up to 10 years in, in advance for people that have, you know, come over without even having an ID. People that may have ditched their ID on the other side of the river come over, claim asylum. It just seems very procedural. It's a little discouraging how procedural it seems.
9: Right. And there's no excuse for that. That is a complete failure of the executive branch of the United States. Uh, you know, the Border Patrol was to do exactly what they're supposed to do, Border Patrol. Patrol the border, ensure that there are no illegal crossings. There is an orderly way to do that. But this administration, because they're co-conspirators and the importation of cheap labor, have decided to create chaos on the border and and uh, allow, as you say, our border patrol agents to dismiss their border patrol capabilities and become administrative clerks. And uh, again, uh, that's not working. You know, it's all window dressing. Mayorkas announced uh, a couple of weeks ago that they were going to build a brick and mortar facility in Central America so people wouldn't have to cross through Central America and Mexico and that they were going to process 4,000— applicants per month 4000 per month Realize that during the surge we've had between 5000 and 10000 a day so it's just a joke and they're just trying to fool the american people but we know that the biden administration is involved in the importation of cheap labor and the and and intent and, and and you know what comes along with that is human smuggling child labor sex trafficking and we in texas bear the brunt of it
2: Orlando, I want to point out for everybody at TLC for Texas on Twitter. You know, I'm just looking at this SB, this 718 and Orlando, I'm researching it. And then the bottom of, you know, what will it, what will it cost? You know, Floridians and all that. And, and their description of it is, we don't really know what's going to go on with it, uh, right now? We don't really have a clear answer. Will it be enforced or not? So that doesn't seem like a good enough answer for me. But I want to ask you, there was a boycott call to strike for June 1st um, with some truck drivers. Do we know if that happened? They were going to stop delivering across the state uh, of Florida? Did that happen? Because I couldn't find anything on it.
9: Well, you know, obviously it was not that successful. Otherwise, the national media, you know, would have been there covering it. it. Usually what happens is, Uh, I remember about a decade ago, we used to have these uh, kids walking out of public education, uh, uh, protesting uh, DACA and all the other programs that they were pushing for. But at the end of the day, uh, illegal aliens are not well organized. Uh, They don't have um, uh, a leader, so to speak, that can put these things together. And so these things are just, you know, they, they sprout up through social media, but they generally fail. They don't have a voice. And uh, so my sense is that it it was not very successful.
2: I'm glad you said that, Orlando, because I'm here in New York City. And today we have headlines saying the illegal aliens are complaining. Nobody's here helping them. They're not getting enough services. They don't know what to do with themselves. Uh, They're claiming they're a mess. But finish up, please, for us. Uh, What are the illegal aliens cost? What are they costing our country right now? Uh, Besides even dollars. Tell us. Finish up with that. What do you think it's costing America right now with this entire situation?
9: My gosh, I don't have a total for America, but I can tell you who's benefiting is agriculture, meatpacking, construction, and the service industry. The rest of us are picking up the tab, and it's expensive. I will tell you that I live in Houston, Texas, but I also am a property taxpayer because I own a second home in Kinney County, Texas between Del Rio and Uvalde. And uh, it's costing us a lot. I'll just give you an anecdotal example. Uh, In our county, in Kinney County, we have two ambulances that are staffed by volunteer EMT and paramedics. And we have four deputies on patrol. And what happens is when you get a rollover in an accident, we don't have an ambulance and we don't have deputies. They have to go to San Antonio. So taxpayers are hurting.
1: All right. Well, uh, Orlando, sorry to cut you off there, but the music's coming in. That means we're out of time, but we're going to keep in touch. We want to uh, you know, get you back on the show uh, as the situation updates. Thank you for everything. And uh, again, everybody at TLC for Texas to follow Orlando Sanchez, our guest right here on State of the Nation. Stay tuned for top of the hour TNT headlines and then hour two of State of the Nation on TNT Radio.